Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Taylor Lachey. She is a holistic leadership coach. Taylor, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you, Brad? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm really excited to dive in and I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. I appreciate you for allowing me to be here, the opportunity, the time and the energy that it's taken to be here. I honestly appreciate it so much more than I think any words in any language describe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, let's jump in. So Taylor, as I mentioned, you are a holistic leadership coach. Can you explain for those that might not know, what is a holistic leadership coach? Yes, absolutely. So for me, a holistic leadership coach is somebody that steps up in that guiding role to help support you and be that hand that's always there for you to grab onto and let go of as you need to, because that's really the leadership part about it is knowing when you have people there to support you and knowing when you can totally carry yourself through this, knowing there's always someone there to support you and guide you you and help you when you need it. And it's about being that energetic leader. There is a leader in all of us that knows exactly what we need for our mind, our body, and our soul. And it's about listening to it. And we're all energy. And that's where the holistic part of it comes in. You know, we are one, the collective consciousness, and we are all energy. So sometimes that leader in us needs to step back and surrender some and let those other leading energies around us step up and help guide us and be there for us. And also step back when we're ready to step up and be that leader that we know we can be. And that for me is what my whole practice is about with holistic leadership coaching is really becoming that energetic leader over all areas of your life, mind, body, and soul. So that way you can be the person you want to be in the roles you want to be playing. So it's genuinely your life. You're creating the impact you want and you're doing the things that light you up quite literally feed your soul. I love that. I love how you said the hand is there when you need to hold it. And when you don't, when you need to let go, that's okay. I love that. I think that's brilliant. So true. It's like a guide, right? You have your guide with you. Right. Because it is good to have a hand there. You know, everybody wants a sense of independence and to know, like, I can rely on myself. Like, yes, I'm tough enough to get through this. However, we're not meant to do this alone. We all love energy. Yeah, we like, I I call it being socially (laughs) antisocial, where... You know, we all have those times where we love community, we love people, 
people and maybe you're not an everybody person, but you have your people, your tribe yeah. members. And it's good to know that you have trusted sources there when you truly want and need them. Because sometimes we want things that we don't need. And sometimes we need things we may think we don't want right now. And so yeah. it's good to just have it there and know it's there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That is so true. We do. Nobody can do it alone. Nobody can do it. Like this, this is not a journey that we're meant to walk alone, nor do we, because in some way, shape or form, we've always got someone there helping us do something. We're never truly alone. Exactly. Whether it's a book, it's a person, it's a show, a song, you know, there is energy around you. And when you allow that to move through other humans that can understand this world the way that you do and share into the things that you love about this world, it just, it explodes your whole world, like in the best ways. Absolutely. So Taylor, how long have you been involved in the coaching world? In the coaching world, just over a year now, actually. Um, In the leadership world, though, it's been going on about five years. Okay. Now, what inspired you to take the leap into the coaching world? Did this journey begin for you as a result of going through your own personal struggles? Is that kind of what led you into it? Yes, absolutely. From struggle to strength, baby. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Can you share a bit about your personal struggle? Absolutely. So with the coaching in particular, it actually started, I um, had just left another job uh, and gone to a new warehouse job for another warehouse company and things did not go well with me and management because I'm all about respect and employee safety and when you're in these like you're in a warehouse setting it's a lot of heavy lifting and there were a lot of employees that I'm all about justice and there were employees concerns that were not being heard and you know if I can't make everybody walk away but I know that I can stand up for what I believe in so I did just that and I came home and I was sitting at the kitchen table, you know, frustrated again, because it's like, yeah, I got to make a check, man. Like I can't, it's it's that feeling that's like, you have this part of society in my head that says you can't keep quitting because of, you don't like the way the setup with management is, or you feel a little disrespected or this and that. And then there's another part of me that goes, absolutely not. We will not stop ourselves for this and allow ourselves to be put down. So I'm sitting at the table like, okay. What do I do now? Do I just get another job? Do I just see if it works again in another company? What what do I do? Because it's been years and there were some great jobs along the way, but it comes down to, you know, I need to pay the bills, but I also want to be happy. And it was always one or the other. I'm happy, couldn't pay the bills or could pay the bills and I wasn't happy. So it's like, I'm tired of choosing both. I desire or choosing one or the other. Like I desire both. And I know that it is not unrealistic for that. So sitting there, I said, what can I do? So I thought, well, you know, I want to go back to school for my bachelor's in psychology. And I got, got on Google and I'm like, okay, I know that it could take up to five to seven years before I could legally get a first client in therapy. I said, I'm ready to make change now. I said, so how can I start helping people sooner than later? So I got on Google and I looked up, what can I do with an associate in psychology? Because I knew that that would only take about a year to two years. And that's when I saw an ad for coaching. And I said, 
Now, what is this world that I seem <laughs> to have been so oblivious of other than terms of like fitness coaching up to that point? And I was like, okay, I'm going to dive into this. And I started looking and I was like, this is it. The impact, the income, this is it. Yes. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'm going to look into this. And so I got out a notebook. I started writing out my plans and I was like life coaching journey. And I just, it, it just, you know, and from there for a few months, I can say, honestly, it was just the universe and my energy and my intentions doing its thing because I still ended up going back and getting another job. But then I ended up getting a really amazing job that led to a management job for a Halloween store. And I love Halloween. I think it's my favorite Halloween to dress up and just live all the best lives you wanted to live on one day. Like if you want 16 different people in one day, you could do that. (laughs) And then it also put me in this leadership role where, you know, I got to work with some younger kids too, especially I'm in Savannah, Georgia. So there's a lot of artists here, a lot of creative minds. And it is, it's a great place to be. It's a job that I had actually been wanting to do and never got to experience. So I ended up landing that position. And then just along this way, you know, coaches began showing up in my social media. I started making connections with them. I actually invested with somebody and, you know, that didn't work out. However, I got the clarity for the clarity that I needed to begin the journey and really dive in. And then it just kept unraveling and all these people started coming up and all these amazing people to start engaging with and connecting with and teaching me about the coaching world. And then I started seeing me like helping people. And I'm like, this is really happening. It's meant to be like, it's, it's working out and (laughs) like it's working. (laughs) And it just kept building and building. So the company that I went to that was seasonal for the Halloween store, I just went back to their sister company full time. And then, like I said, it all kept working out. I landed back in the restaurant industry at some point and I was miserable. And I said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to this Halloween store one last time. And then I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I am diving full time into coaching after this season with the Halloween store. And, you know, I kept my intentions true. Like I'm here for impact. I am here to change lives. I am, you know, whether it's on someone else's clock or not was not even the issue. It was the issue of providing real value. That wasn't just a pair of sneakers or, you know, I always made it more than that for me. You know, I wasn't just giving these people sneakers or costumes or their dinner. Like we're connecting. I'm learning about their lives. And it was because of that connection, though, that I knew that I had to do something more with my voice, with my power, with my mind. And so I did that. And sure enough, November of 2021, I ended at the Halloween store, had an amazing experience, and I have been full time making impact, working with people and helping them face their fears, achieve their goals and That is how I got here. And I have allowed myself to dig into my own struggles and my own traumas of my past to guide me through and know that there are ways to help because sometimes it's easy to think, well, who am I to think that I could help them? And then it's like, well, regardless of what you were going through in the workforce as an adult, 
all the things that I went through as a child, you know, all the, the leaving home early because of family members with drug abuse and the physical abuse that came from that, the mental abuse that came from that, the emotional abuse, you know, once I actually dove into the coaching world and it became less about what to do with the career and more about how to make impact, that's when I realized all my life, the signs have been pointing for me to get here to this space because there's been so much crap that almost put me under the ground and so much more crap that could have put me there. And I chose to literally dig myself out of my own graves and live a full life and be that light for others to live even fuller lives than what I may even get to experience before my lifetime is over. That is incredible. I can feel your passion and enthusiasm and excitement coming through in your voice. Like it's incredible. It's just, I love hearing that. I love hearing people that are that passionate about finding their purpose and, and their mission and why they're here on earth. And I think it's incredible. So I'm so happy to hear that you have found that for yourself and are so excited about it. It's it's incredible to hear it in your voice. It's truly amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it is. My coaches made me write out my mission statement recently and my values. And I'm like, oh yeah, baby, we found the mission. We found a purpose. We found the passion. And now it's time to put it into action. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing it. Taylor, how have these experiences helped shape the Taylor you are today? Do you think both personally and professionally? Honestly, I think the ways that they've shaped me kind of tie in together personally and professionally. I think it's very easy to separate the two. And don't get me wrong, in some fields in the workforce, it is great to separate some aspects of the two, but at their core, you're still one in the same. And so a lot of the things that have happened to me have equally benefited the person that I am in each setting because that person is typically the same, staying true to my values, staying true to what's right. And it's all about being in what I like to quote from Adam Grant as a scientist mindset. Whenever bad things would happen to me in the past, it was you know, as I've, like I said, come into the coaching journey, I've learned a lot about my own processing styles throughout my own lifetime. And I noticed that even when bad things would happen in the past, I always took them as a lesson, even if it was a mistake that I didn't make, maybe one I saw someone else do, you know, I would take that as okay, so by doing that, it creates this thing and this result. And I don't like that result, even for that person. I don't enjoy that that person is experiencing that kind of negativity from that choice. And so for me, it was always finding out what led to that choice, because I get the choice that led to the negativity. So right. now I just want to understand what led to that choice so I can better understand how to not do that. Or if I do go through that, how to better go through that. And that helped shape me personally and professionally because it has built up this immense ability to have such a high level of radical self-responsibility and radical self-reliance where I'm okay facing my demons. I'm okay saying where I do things wrong. I'm okay compromising and 
finding an equal space where everyone can thrive in my personal and my professional life, having healthy relationships with my partner, with my friends, with communication. And like I said, it really shaped me to see what I can do positively and how even what I can do positively from negativity. So that really helped shaped a lot in terms of how I operate in workspaces and personally, because we have a relationship with everything. We have a relationship with books. We have a relationship with colors, with food, with people, ourself. And so by learning these things and how there's always something to learn, it is allowed for me to literally stay in what I call forever student, forever teacher. And it allows for a consistent balance of ebb and flow of, you know, problem and solving within myself, which extends outside of myself and allows others to learn and be inspired and allows for me to be more purposeful in either role that I'm playing. Love it. I love it. Uh, you, you just, you speak about everything you're speaking such passion in your voice. I, I absolutely love it. It's so <laughs> infectious and contagious. It's just amazing. I love it, Taylor. I absolutely love it. Thank you. I can say the same about you. <laughs> it helps having that, like I said, that relationship with energy when that yeah. energy is reciprocated. It's it's easy to stay empowered by someone whose whole mission is to empower people to <laughs> that energy. <laughs> Thank you. If you could share one piece of advice for any other young woman out there who might be going through a similar struggle to what you were going through, what would that piece of advice be? I think my favorite and one that has helped a lot would be better, not bitter. Because, and not in the sense be better as in be better than something or someone, but be better, feel better. Because to be better, it doesn't equate to doing better. And I think a lot of us think that to be better, we have to just do better. But it's not about that. It's about feeling better, thinking better, loving better, communicating better, and not just with others, but with ourselves. And so when we focus on being better and not bitter, we can open ourselves up to the experiences and the choices that others have made, even if it hurts us, and choose to stop hurting us because they hurt us. You know, people hurt us, but sometimes we hurt ourselves worse when we don't yeah. stop allowing them to hurt us because we're so bitter. Yeah. And then we try to do better. And because we just think about doing things better, that's just it. We're always doing things rather than being. We are human beings. And so when we are Not being human better, doings. yes, we are <laughs> being. So when we are being better, it is that that's where my holistic part comes in, you know, because to be better, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your heart right. You got to get, you know, your body right. You have to indulge yourself in all parts of yourself and yeah. know that those people and their limiting beliefs and their limiting pain points can only limit you when you let their issues limit you continuously through the bitterness that we hold in all kinds of different ways. It could be behaviors that we have that we do that still show resentment and we don't even notice, or it may be words that we say or ways we reference ourselves, you know, empower yourself quite literally to the fact that you can be better yeah. in all ways, more than one. And they don't have to hurt you anymore when you choose a better life for you that lights you up. That's how they stop hurting you. 
That's how you rise above it and do it in such a wholesome and powerful way that it is impactful. It's purposeful and it is fully passionate. And there's literally going to be nothing to stop you, but yourself. (laughs) That's it. We are our only limitations, right? I mean, be a better version of you. Yes. As you said, in all aspects. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you're going to say something. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. the The biggest challenge we face will definitely be facing ourselves oh, along 100%, the way. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We are our own worst enemies. All the negative self talk and Cecilia, a friend of yours, a friend of mine, has love her. Uh, yes, she's amazing. Always said to me, she said, "Think when you're when you have those thoughts of negative self talk, and just stop yourself for a minute and say to yourself, would I speak that way?'" to my friend? Would I speak that way to my best friend? Would I say those things to them? And your answer is undoubtedly going to be no. So why would you do it to yourself? Yes. Oh my goodness. I have my CC friend too. My friend, Rachel, (laughs) (laughs) who helped really drive that whole be better, not better thing home for me is because she has always told me we've been friends for about five years now. And she has always told me, be kind to yourself, Taylor. You know, we know what we're capable of. And so it can be so easy to bash ourselves because we know we can live up to more. We're no, we know we're worthy of more. And it's like, be kind to yourself. You exactly, you know yourself. So be kind too. Like you're awesome. (laughs) 100% and embrace your awesomeness. Yes. Yes. So Taylor, I'm going to assume here that you're a big advocate of self-love body acceptance and women's empowerment. Can you speak a little bit about what each of those things mean to you on a personal level? Yes, absolutely. So with self-love and body empowerment, they were kind of two in one for me of a journey. So early on in 2009, I actually was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And given all the problems that my family had with the drugs and the drinking, it was just like food was our facade. We would meet up and have dinners and these big dinners. And it's like, everybody would act like everything was okay, but it wasn't. And that just built an even deeper personal bond between me and food. So I would, you know, always indulge in food and not good food either. Not that having food is bad, but just, I wasn't giving my body the kind of nutrients it needed. I just was doing whatever because I was sad. I didn't care. And it's like, how could I care though? That was always the thing for me is that was repeating in my head is how could I care about this? And then I'd start comparing to people at school or work and it made it even worse. And it didn't help that I even had family that would make fun of me about my weight, you know, especially my father and his disconnect from my mother. was like I was the pawn there and so you know when we lived with my father off and on I remember once he came in the room and he goes oh look it's big piggy and little piggy hanging out in their little den and that really hurt me it's like okay so I'm not even accepted by family and I think that was when I shut down for many years because it was like family doesn't love me how I am And the doctors are, you know, fussing at me for how I am. And I have no friends already. And the people at school make fun of me. I used to have a green hand-me-down from the local college that my mom had. 
And so I used to get called Fiona all the time in school. And it was like the kids at school make fun of me. The teachers don't care enough to stop them. So if none of these people like me, to me, it was like, why should I like me? And so I didn't. And I did things that didn't like me either. I made poor choices that weren't respectful. I put myself in places with people and, you know, all along the way where I was not respecting myself. And even as I got into my teenage years, you know, I tried to over-sexualize myself to try to be accepted because it was like, if they're not going to love me for how I am, then I'll just give people what I know they want. So it was like, if it was friends with girls and, you know, they weren't in girls like I was then it was like oh well I've got to like him buy you lunch and stuff and that's where this kind of people pleasing gift giving thing came in with me and it was like okay well I'll buy you lunch to hang out with me or I'll do this for you and then with guys like I said I'd over sexualize myself to both genders and it was because I wanted attention but I hated myself and so I just began being around people that that didn't love me or care about me for who I was. And that was when I finally realized, you know what, why am I doing this to myself? If people are going to judge me anyway, I might as well just figure out what I want to do. Like I was spiraling. And so I was like, I'm going to get my health right. And I'm going to start working on me. So it started more physically with my health, especially the type two diabetes. That was a big motivator. So that whole summer after I was diagnosed, I walked and focused on my health and just, I turned to music. Music was my best friend, my lover, my everything. And I let the music speak words that I didn't know how to say. And I let it empower me and then started to get empowered. And I started cutting people off that weren't there for me, that didn't love me the way that I needed to be. I started setting boundaries, started respecting myself. And then it started drawing in people who loved me for who I was And it came around to 2015 when I met my partner and he genuinely, this is why I say, even if you have self-love issues right now, please know there are people who will still love you. Like, don't ever think that someone won't love you because you don't love yourself. They just may not always know how to. And that is where my self-love became more heartfelt of a journey because I met my partner in 2015 and he used to try to touch my stomach and I wouldn't let him. We literally got into arguments and one day he sat back and he was like, I feel like I can't even love you. He's like, you hate yourself so much. You won't let me love. And then you get upset because you feel like I'm not touching you. I don't want to be around you. And he goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to show you. I love you because you won't let me in the way that I accept you. He said, if I accept you for how you are, he goes, why can't you? Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. What do you say to that? Like, how do I face that? And it was like, wow, because I don't love myself. One, I realized maybe I didn't love myself as much as I thought I did. And it was like, I didn't love myself internally the way that I did. And that is what self-love is about for me. And that is where the body empowerment comes into next level. Because when you love yourself the way you are, not only will the changes you need and desire come, but so will the people. And it's because you love you though, because like with my partner, 
I literally, that's, this has been, we've been together for six years going forward now, moving into seven. Yeah. And it's just like, I could have pushed away. I almost did successfully push away the healthiest relationship I have had because I was not healed because I didn't actually love myself. I went on a aesthetic journey of trying to fix my body to please the doctors and to please this, you know, surface level part of me. And then it came down to the real love about it. And it was like, Oh, wow. Self-love really is about love. And for me to make the changes to my body, I actually have to love who I am despite my body. How do I do that? And so my healing journey began and I started really healing the traumas that I still had from family and growing beyond them and moving into that being better and not bitter and started removing all these bitter blocks, all these bitter walls, all this resentment, all this guilt, all this negative and toxic people pleasing. And that's when I had one, the physical changes I truly desired and so when it comes to being empowered in your body love yourself for how you are if you want to change it I promise you from my own personal experience of my six-year fitness journey of losing almost 100 pounds every pound that came off came with another tick of love and if I didn't love myself if my self-love meter went down I promise you, I'm sure I could go back and track a pound or so gained you could see the fluctuation in the emotions and so be empowered for who you are. And that's what, you know, the self-love and the body empowerment is about. For me, it's about really loving yourself beyond the body because the body goes like the whole saying with money, what's going to happen? And you can't, you know, it's going to go to the grave with you. Well, yeah. that's the same thing for your body. Your soul is so much more important than the body. And when you are feeding the soul, what you desire and what you love and what lights it up, The rest of the world outside of you will align with that in terms of people and personal physical changes that you could ever desire. That is powerful as hell. That conversation was your, your awakening or your pivotal moment to, to realize, wait, holy shit. I I really don't love myself. That is incredible. But that you had the wherewithal to realize that first of all, and then the fortitude to actually, or or the drive to actually do something about fixing it and put in the self-work because let's be honest, self-work is very hard. That means looking within and a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't like what they see or they're scared of what's there. So kudos to you for doing that, realizing that this is what you had to do. And now look at you, you flourished and it's incredible. Truly, I commend you you for, for that work. It's not easy. So I commend you on doing that. And first of all, for having the wherewithal to realize that, oh, wait a minute, I don't love myself like I thought I did. Yeah, it was hard. And that's where that that being better and not bitter, because it would have been easy to be bitter about that, yeah. too. And it, it was, you know, it took a lot for me to see that that was something I needed to hear. It was not. And it was to realize that, like, OK, if it's him saying it now and I push him away, who's to say it's not going to be another, you know, another man or a woman I try to be with later on that's saying that, or, you know, me to myself, it's, and as you were talking, I was like, you know, self-worth equals self-work. We, you know, it's hard work, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. For sure. 100%. So keeping with this topic, since the massive explosion of social media platforms and all the people using them in the world today, in your personal opinion, how do you think that's impacted the whole 
body acceptance and self-love and women's empowerment movement? And do you think it's taken things in a direction where it's not as powerful, it's not powerful because of the media turning it into something that is the in thing or the buzzwords to say, or whatever the case may be along those lines? And Or has it helped bring awareness and shine a light on these things? What are your thoughts on that? I think the internet has definitely, the online space in general, has had a more positive effect, for sure. Only because for years, you know, between just TV and what we could see from there and some of the profiles and stuff, it was a lot easier to compare because social media was just that, your own social media. You were your own paparazzi. So everybody's like, ooh, look at me, look at me, look at my body. It's still going with these really outdated and limiting standards and so I think now with the online space though in the the movements the genuine heartfelt movements that are starting to happen about the injustices that are deeper rooted behind these things because you know regardless of all the media and the propaganda and the standards and stuff like all of these really outdated and unhelpful ideas of what people are supposed to look like and be living like are causing literal mental illnesses for people, are disrupting their entire lives. And I think the online space is shedding a whole new light to that because now this is information you can't refute. Sure, you can block it out a little bit, but you have your warriors out here that are not going to stop until something is done to make it right. And I think more people are coming forward in the online space openly about their opinions saying, hey, these are our bodies. These are our different bodies. Like, you know, it went from people seeing the same basic commercials of the same body types and the same lifestyles to online. You have a multitude of lifestyles and you see that people are thriving in all different types, all different body sizes. It makes me so happy that we're moving in the summer. And what I see on my platforms are all these beautiful posts about remember ladies, it's summertime and these are our bodies, all the wrinkles, all the rolls. Like, And it is just full on body acceptance and it's genuine because we're all different. You know, we're all one in our souls, but our bodies are going to be shaped different and how we desire them to be is going to be different. So I do think nowadays the online space is having a more positive impact because more light can be shed on the reality of bodies because people can give more personal insights with the tools that we have to show up online now however there's still that percentage that technology makes it easier for people to hide their truths and it it can cause a lot of comparison I do think that is a big enemy right now still in the online space is comparison and I think that's why it's so important though for people like you and I and all the other amazing people that you work with and that I work with and all the other people that they all work with (laughs) are you know working to impact and inspire people to be true to who they are and to know that you don't have to follow these standards to know that you can live a life that makes you happy and that we can keep spreading that lesson and that insight that hey Just because they're like that doesn't mean you have to be like that. And because you aren't like that, that does not mean anything is wrong with you. And that, I think, is where the most positivity of the online space comes from nowadays is 
the reassurance that you're not wrong for not being like somebody else. Because I think over the years, more people have come to their own personal realizations of how damaging it is to just be comparing and to come to an understanding that we're different. But I don't think that many have had a healthy shift in that understanding where it's okay, I'm different. And I'm happy about that. But it was a I'm different. So there still may be something wrong with me, but I'm just going to take it. But, you know, the online space now, I think helps open up the you don't have to take that. You don't have to think that way. and You don't have to feel that way. You can love yourself and you can live your life full, happy, how you please, not doing it for anybody else. So I do think overall a lot more positive effects, but it's about, you know, I just was talking about this the other day about it's about how you're using the online space and not letting it use you so if people are using the online space i think it's positively impacting them but if they're still allowing it to use them in the way that some really old school outdated and unhelpful media methods try to use it you know but that's what people like you and i are on this mission for to help pull those that are still there out of that 100%. thanks to the online space i wouldn't have met you if it wasn't there we go the yeah and, you know it's, it's been incredible truly and i think it also helps because when people see others standing up and and loving themselves and showing the confidence it gives and t- and telling their stories it gives other people permission to stand up and tell their stories and realize that wait a minute I'm not the only one out there who's dealing with this. There's someone else just like me. Our stories are a little bit different, but the the thread is the same. Right. It's like the the actual circumstances may be different, yeah. but those feelings, you know, like you may get the thrill from a roller coaster that I get from reading a book. Yeah. Two different things, yeah. but we can still just nerd out on the feeling that we had there. That's right. That's right. 100%. So Taylor, speaking of the word empowerment, what does that word mean to you? Ooh, that's a good question. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) The word empowerment to me means doing what you know on your moral compass to be just and true and purposeful and passionate to you and those things and people and places you desire to be in their space and energy, including your own. It is being fully proud of what you've been through, where you are, how it maybe shaped you and how now you are shaping you. It is truly about really just not being ashamed. Empowerment to me equates fully to shamelessness and not feeling any shame about the choices we've made in the past. Like I, I have made not so good choices. Some out of teenage hormones when I was younger, some just, <laughs> you know, from pain, some trauma responses. And, you know, I've been through things, embarrassing things that for years I wanted to hide, but I realized, you know, those things, they make us who we are now because they showed us who we didn't want to be. And they, and we use that to empower ourselves instead of hurt ourselves. And so for me, empowerment really is about being shameless, but also being not even a, but because they say what comes before the, but doesn't matter. It's about (laughs) being shameless and 
open and honest and happy and knowing that, like I said, no matter where you came from, what you've been through, like you can change it, you can mold it, you can make your life into anything you want it to be when you are empowered, i.e. shameless. The only way to change what has happened to you is to move forward in the present in your future. And so I, I really think it's about being shameless and not just prideful though because there's a lot of people who are proud that still feel shame for things and they can't stand fully in their power because they're only proud of a few things but not the things that they still shame I shame nothing even my wrongdoings because ultimately I'm still doing what I can now to be a better person and to help others live good lives and really giving back to ourselves and others is the best thing that you can do and you can do that the best when you're shameless because it's like you said with the online space now people can be more authentic and present that whole like hey you're not the only one going through that and so to make that kind of impact you got to be empowered i.e shameless you can't be ashamed of what has happened to you and what you have been through because that shame robs you shame robs us of opportunity of clarity and anything that we could possibly desire all of those things that happen to us in our past whether they be detrimental shameful at the moment or whatever the case may be those are all factors that shape who we are today those are all part of our journey and if we didn't go through those we wouldn't be who we are or where we are it's all part of it yes shows us a better way absolutely What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? I think I'm going to say the O face. And that for me (laughs) is that is the face a person makes when something that they have really been trying to connect the dots on for the changes that they desire finally connect. And you can literally see their neurons (laughs) firing on their face. It's so it lights me up so much because it is the moment where they have connected something that is the witness of a breakthrough, which is something you can help guide someone to, but you cannot put through. And so to see that O face of people to make that connection that they've been trying to make and knowing that I was on the other end and said, maybe this one thing that just could connected a whole for some it could be a year's worth of stuff it could be a month worth of learning of something it could be something just from yesterday but it is that face of connection because that is the empowerment happening it's the love happening inside of them it is the awakening happening inside of them it's the breakthrough and you can see it all literally like I said it's on the O face where they're like It it brings this childlike sense to me of, ooh, I'm wondering, what did you just figure out? Like, share with me. Also, so exciting because you can feel it. Like I said, you can literally see and feel the neurons and their heartstrings and their mind, the coherence and the breakthrough happening within them and to see them become empowered. Like you really watch too, you will literally see their skin start glowing, their whole aura change. And it really just is the most fulfilling thing for me because I know that feeling number one, 
And then number two, to be a catalyst there for that. And number three, it pleases my inner child. And I know their inner child so much because that inner child of curiosity, that is where I think our most breakthroughs come from is that childlike wonder. And then when this most pure thing happens, it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible to witness for sure. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I think my unique superpower is the gift of foresight and feeling into energy. I've always been really good at connecting with people and I walk like an open book. And because of that, though, it almost is like I am an open book that always there's a pen to just keep writing and there's always something to fill in and Being able to have this foresight from the optimism and feeling into energy, it's great because sometimes people get stuck. You know, like we talked about earlier, we are our own worst enemies. And sometimes we get limited by our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own circumstances. And so, you know, as a coach and a holistic leadership coach at that, It is very easy for me to tap into that leadership side of me and the visionary side of me and to also have that outsider empathy and be able to use it as a gift of foresight for somebody else, though, to help them see possibility, help them see opportunity, because that's what helps us take action. That's what helps us liven up our own visions and not sway from them when things get tough and we feel like there's this disalignment and we feel like things are not happening. You know, sometimes we need that foresight to see like, oh, wow, this is working out. This can work out. And that helps also on a more strategy level too, when I'm working with people, because that foresight allows me to help them with planning and to be able to actually execute, you know, but it also helps with the visionary side of it, because sometimes we do get limited. And, you know, especially for those people, I tend to attract a lot of energies that have been told they do too much. Well, that's because you were meant to be doing this much, boo. It ain't about you doing too much. (laughs) You're doing exactly what you were meant to do. It's just, that's a lot for you because you're a high vibe you're amazing you are awesome you were here for something real something true and that takes a lot of you but it's something that people have to give and so you know those energies a lot of time when you're told you do too much it's very easy to start living a life to do the least and it becomes easy to stop living our purpose and so that gift of foresight and being able to really discern energies makes it easy for me because then, you know, I always tell my clients and my friends, I'm like, you might as well just bear your soul with your voice. Cause if you don't now, you know, me and my tools will do it for you. <laughs> so <laughs> It's going to happen either way. <laughs> so just embrace it. You might as well do it yourself. <laughs> yes. I pick up on energy so well. And it's, you know, like I'm that person that, like I said, like an open book, I go to a store and I come in for a shirt and I just learn the last five years of somebody's life and just can pick up on that odd energy when somebody just needs to release or or whatever it is, you know, like, and I say in that, that foresight and that energy, it allows messages and things to come through to me that I'm just like, where does that come from? And then it comes from the gifts that I have and the way that I can help with being a visionary and help other visionaries to live out their 
vision, have the optimism, like don't ever let anybody stop your shine. Like there's a lot of people living in the dark that quite literally need all of our lights right now. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with you 100%. Taylor, how do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Success to me means whatever the hell I want it to mean. And that is how (laughs) I define it because Uh limiting beliefs, man, you can't, for a long time, I let success equal money. And I think in the society that we are in and that a lot of us have been raised in, it's really easy to see money, status, lifestyle as factors of success. But for me, it's, it's happiness. Like, are you happy? And that is why I think it's whatever I want it to be because we go through different stages in life. And so I think there are some words in our language that that's the whole fun part of it is it can mean what we want it to mean. And that's what makes things more meaningful because if success to me throughout this coaching journey was all about money, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I know that for a fact. And so it's like, I had to make success mean to me what I wanted it to mean. And, you know, not just what you need it to mean, because, you know, there are times where maybe a bill comes in the mail. You're going to say, I need success to be that 10K month or whatever. But what do you want it to be? I want it to be impact. I want it to be me seeing the change that I desire. I love the quote, be the change that you want to be, because that to me, ultimately could be how I think I could define success the best is being the change that you want to be. And that really aligns with my whole, it means whatever the hell I want it to mean, (laughs) because (laughs) I want to just be that change and be the one living in alignment. And I want others to be the change that they want, because then that is ultimate success. That is no more limitations on people because of bullshit that doesn't really matter and is you know, segregating us for no real reason for what. So that to me, I think is success. Beautiful. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? (laughs) What was your life like after learning it? Ooh, that's good. (laughs) Biggest lesson for me. I think my biggest lesson really goes back to that advice that I would give to someone. Be better, not bitter. Because my life before that, like I was saying, I was in bitter situations. I was doing things that were very hypocritical, the very lifestyle I was trying to get away from and surrounding myself with people sitting around gossiping, literally being bitter, wondering why am I unhappy sitting here talking like that, gossiping with people and just on real low vibrations. My life was having toxic friendships, having unhealthy relationships unhealthy communications. You know, my body was not in a good state because I wasn't treating it right. My mind, I wasn't healed. I was still shutting out family that was trying to better themselves. I was not doing good things for my life. And I was very hateful, very negative, like to the point where I used to not even smile. I used to think, I used to have this mindset where I'd say, um, somebody would tell me to smile. And yeah. I'd say, why don't you give me a fucking reason to smile? <laughs> oh, wow. <And> it, was, 
and that was the bitterness in me the bitterness and like what is there to smile about in this world and it wasn't until I went with that lesson you know be better and it was like that is so toxic Taylor think about what other people hearing me say that might feel especially someone else who might be bitter and not healing imagine what that did for them that empowered their bitterness and it's like oh no that is not the kind of impact that I want to be making for myself or other people and so by living by that I have super healthy friendships and relationships now I have friends that call me out on my bs like it's (laughs) the thing to do and I (laughs) love it I love the accountability I love the support you know and I love the self-accountability now like my language is completely changed if I go to say something which you heard in this you heard me say hang on let me say that that because I Check know yourself. how powerful, yeah, I know how powerful <laughs> words are. They and are. I am way more aware of things in that level of awareness with the whole being better and not bitter. It really allows for me to consistently be in a state of self mastery, and that is where my own personal expansion development is. You know, it's ever growing, and it operates at its own pace in space rather than on time. Beautifully said, Taylor. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? Justice. Justice is my core because justice is, to me, about doing what is right. And that has its own field of trees that can grow from it. And that is what keeps me motivated because as I said, you know, I really live by be the change you want to be. And I know there's a lot going on in the world right now that could be better. I know there's people out there still living limited lives. And I know that there is more expansion for us all. And I know that things can be good. Things can be right. Things can be just, and things can be better within ourselves. And that is What motivates me is to keep helping people get things right, especially because, you know, like in my own family, there are ways that I'm still helping others get justice for things that have happened to help our whole lineage, to help a whole generation. And there are still so many limiting beliefs out there that are hurting people. And it's like justice of the mind, almost not even just justice in a physical sense, but that that motivator for me is justice of the mind of the energy, reclaim your energy, reclaim your mindsets, your thoughts and your beliefs. Because that is the biggest danger out here right now is the conformity in our mindsets and our energy. That is powerful. Very powerful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That justice. It's Yeah. The moral compass, you know? Yeah, for sure. What is your personal motto? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people are going to get sick of me, but. (laughs) No, they won't. They could not get sick of you. (laughs) They're going to go to sleep hearing this in their head. Be better, not bitter. That is literally a motto I came up for myself. I love it. It's it's brilliant, though. It's so true. It, just, it really, I cannot, ex- I mean, I guess I can express with how many times it's come up in this. It is my guiding light, man, because it, it always keeps me open to room for improvement and ways that like, you know, just the other day, I woke up and I was a little grumpy and I had an attitude and I was a little fussy. And in my head, I thought, man, that was so unhelpful. Be better. Taylor, not bitter. You know, and I and I apologized to my partner. I was like, listen, I'm just a little grumpy and 
you know, sometimes your grumpy faces, they bother me, but that is no excuse for my behavior. And I said, and I'm going to work on that because I've started to notice that pattern. So I want to let you know, like, I apologize and I love you and I hope you have a great day. And it's like, if I don't, I notice when I don't go through those be better moments with myself, I don't hold myself as accountable as I can. And so that personal motto to myself is so impactful for sharing with others and sharing for myself because it keeps me aware. It keeps me accountable and it helps me do the right thing. Given that my biggest motivator is justice. I have, you know, that's, that means a lot to me is making sure I am doing the right thing because damn, I can't stand a hypocrite and I'm definitely not about to become my real own worst enemy my being a hypocrite (laughs) (laughs) and mic drop (laughs) (laughs) if you could set up a billboard anywhere where would you put it and what would it say Ooh, where would i put it oh man okay i'm not sure i'm gonna think on where i would put it but i know for a fact it would say the power of you is the power to choose and my Venmo is Blase Blase for anyone who thought I was going to say be better and not better. <laughs> you know, they're expecting it. I know they were. <laughs> but I would totally put the power of you is the power to choose. And where would we put it? You know, I honestly feel like it'll be powerful wherever, but something that really keeps coming up in my mind is somewhere along near the beautiful beaches of California. Okay. All right. That worked. Taylor, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I would have to say my mother. Early on, she was a big factor in my trauma, but has now been a huge factor in my healing and my spiritual growth, you know, it came with, it started with that whole be better, not bitter mentality, especially when I had a friend put it into perspective to me, how, you know, growing up with the perfect circumstances and parents and all the goods and all that stuff, it's not a, you know, a right. You're not just born with that, right? It's a privilege. And, you know, it helped me begin to see my mother as a human being and not just my mother, like another human being that was hurting another human being that had actually been through some shit that, you know, had caused some other shit. And who am I to sit and act like it's only me, like that's selfish. And, and so, you know, it helped me open my perspective and I started to see how strong she was, you know, and how she really was there. She was the only person out of all the times in the past that ever really tried. You know, we all, like they say, every dog has its day. And, you know, she was the only person in my family that was trying to better herself. But because of those people without that support, you know, support is so big. And without the people supporting her and people get stuck in their own ideas of us and other people build identities of us. And when we let those identities become our own, it can be hard to escape that. And that is what happened for her and began to happen for me. But there was always that fight in each of us. And, you know, that fight went from her and it went to me. There was no fighting. It was always fighting back. And it was She was so strong. And despite all the adversity, all the judgment, it was always in her heart to try to be the best mother that she could for her kids. And sometimes that was her downfall. She was so willing to die for us that her change really came when I said, you're so willing to die for us, but what will you do to live for us? That means more to me than you dying for me. And that is where that change came because then I had to ask myself the same question. And just to know all that she's been through, And even with, 
you know, the trauma that we've been through together from others in our family, because we are almost like twins. And so it's like, you know, even with the crap that we went through similarly with our family, it was always me and my mom, you know, when the was the world against us, my dad against us, my family against us. And so, you know, she's been huge in my journey and helping me see that despite what's wrong, if I follow through with what's right in my heart, with what I love, and, you know, for her, that was her kids, you know, the, the right things will happen. And now here we each are years later, she is so healthy. She is so happy. We're both healing and doing, continuing to heal. And our relationship is so healthy. It is great. And, you know, she started up her own business. We each have had whole ass identity deaths and ego deaths and, It's just been blossoming and it's just, that's even more motivation for me because I really have to drive it home now. Like you cannot let the shit that other people think about you and believe about you be true for you. You get to choose. The power of you is the power to choose. So choose a life that you fucking love. And that is exactly what I watched my mom do time and time again. And despite the failing, I now am watching her succeed and thrive and we get to do it together. That is incredibly powerful and beautiful. You're right. I mean, we only get one shot at this life. So fucking make it count. Do what makes you happy. There are so many people going through life that are miserable and unhappy, whether it be with their job or their living situation, whatever the case may be, fucking change it. You're the only one that can change it. You have the remote control. Nobody else does. So fucking get off your ass and do it. Yes. Yes, that is what I'm saying. The literal power of you is to choose. Despite what you've been through, you can choose a different way. And if you know what you went through fucking sucked, then let's choose something different. There's always a choice. You always, always, always have a choice. Yes, 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 yes. But, you know, I guess, I don't know, some people, they choose to wallow in that, feel sorry for themselves, take Mm -hmm. pity on themselves. And it's about mindset, shift your mindset and make the fucking change. Like I said, you only have one chance at this life. So fucking enjoy it while you're here. You might as well. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Do not take on the identity scripts of your mistakes or the limiting beliefs or the bullshit of other people. Like you choose you, you build up who you want to be. Even if who you used to be, you know, there's things you liked and things you didn't like. That's okay. That's the whole point of you get to choose. You can keep what works and let go of what doesn't. Right. 100%. Taylor, what would you say is one of the biggest failures or we'll use the words life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? Hmm. Leading with anger. I think my biggest life lessons that was that led to a lot of mistakes and almost led to many more was leading with anger and not love leading with that bitterness because I moved out at 17 there was that anger in me that was like this isn't right like justice like I said that motivation for justice things can be a better way I knew I didn't have to live that way so I'm not gonna like I'm gonna fucking go But I was just so angry, so damn angry. And because of that, I made a lot of poor choices. You know, I moved out and I was house hopping to friends. And some of those friends weren't even like super good friends. And 
just getting into relationships just for the freedoms of it because maybe that guy had a car maybe that guy had an apartment like it was you know using people and making poor choices and like I said or even putting myself with people who didn't care about me like some of my friends sure they opened their door to me but some of them it was to use me you know I'm over here trying to focus on school my senior year and I'm angry at family, don't want to ask them for help, trying to figure out how to get to work and pay bills. And then I'm over here taking care of my friend's babies and it's like, and I don't get no thank you, no appreciation. And it's just, it was a lot of drama and I always found myself in drama. Eh, Oh gosh, every corner I turned. And then, you know, towards the end, my grades started dropping. I was skipping school. I was too tired. I was stressed out. And I almost got kicked out of school, man. And and school was really all I held on to. My education was my one safety net that I've had most of my life. And it was just, and even that, I was letting it go. And I was like, things are not looking good here. I finally moved and ended up in a space where, ooh, this was a struggle. We didn't have a full refrigerator. So I was eating every day at my job. I had a fast food job. So I got a free meal on the lunch break. So I was eating every day at my fast food job. I gained about 80 pounds there. And then on top of that, we didn't have any actual AC or heating units. Yeah. So just kind of in mucky old South Carolina. So, you know, as far as physical cleansing, not at its top. And then just hanging out with a lot of bad people. I actually had my 18th birthday party and things got real not so good. And after the party, I remember the next day sitting in the grass, tanning out in the front. And I was like crying and I called my mom. I said, I don't know what to do. I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm paying $200 a month, which at 18 on a $7, cent an hour, you know, that was a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so I like call my mom and I'm crying and I'm like, I'm paying this money and I'm unhappy. I was like, I don't have any more friends to utilize that have a place for me to stay. I was like, you know, she was moved out at the time, you know, and so, but didn't have her own home with the things that she was dealing with. So my only thing was to go back to my family property. And like I said, it was me and my mom, most of the way she played a big role in my trauma, but so did other family members. And it was kind of a chain of trauma. And so to go back to those other abusers, it was just the last thing that I wanted to do because those were abusers that absolutely gave no fuck about me or my mother or life. Like they're so unhappy. They just don't give a shit. And so they want us to be happy. They're a true example of misery loves company. Yes. And so I didn't want to go back. And I was like, crying to my mom like I don't know what to do and she was like Taylor baby you just got to put your pride and your anger aside if you ain't got nowhere else to go and you know you just (laughs) graduated by the whim of your fucking teeth and now you got to figure out how to get back and forth to work and you know my friends were talking about moving and thankfully the friends I lived with in the end though the living situation was not the best but This is where connection means so much to me because I did from time to time stay with a friend that was really good friends. And we just all had shit circumstances, you know, from family traumas. And we're just trying, we're just out here trying to make it together, man. And so I'm very thankful for my friends and they were talking about moving. So it was like, I think I got to go back. And so I had to put my anger aside. And when I went back, I was ashamed and I was angry, even angrier that I was back. And that led to other poor choices. And so I um, 
again, started making really poor choices and not even poor, but unhappy choices, unaligned choices to try to just be on my own and be independent and get away from my family. And it was just not stuff that was helping. It was just making things worse, putting me in scenes that I didn't need to be like I had gotten into escorting. So that put me in a scene in the streets that were not a good place. And it was leading me down a path in life that like, I was sitting in the Broadway parking lot and I was like, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? This doesn't feel good to me. Like, I don't feel proud of who I am today. And it was like, okay, you know, I got to stop being angry. I got to stop being ashamed. And finally, that is when I got my life back on track a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my fast food job. I got my fast food job. I went and went to the super sketchy car lot and I got (laughs) my first car for like 50 bucks a week. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to drive this little hoopty thing. And I'm going to just start making the right choice, man. And sure enough, met my partner just a few months after that. And then uh, we were seeing each other for about six months and it just was like a friendship bill. And then I was staying with him and then his roommate goes, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but you know, she's been staying here a lot. You know, I see you guys getting serious. She's moving in and then we had the conversation and I moved in and it was, it was fucking awesome. From there on up, I made great friends through my honey and you know, I still have really great friends. That's actually how I met my best friend, Rachel, that I have now that I mentioned earlier. And, yeah. you know, career wise, too, things have been on the right track. And so and it all started when I started operating with love, you know, because when I met my partner, that's when my self-love journey deepened and self-appreciation deepened and self-reliance, too, because where that anger came in after I moved in shortly I got angry and some old traumas came up and so I did my whole mad woman thing took all my stuff and I was left you know I'm angry and you don't care blah 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 I'm crying I'm upset and you don't care you're not treating me how I want to be treated because I'm crying and you know it was definitely a me thing and I called him from the gas I wanted to be chased I was still angry I was still had self-worth issues and I wanted to be chased and I was acting from that anger and that shame and you know I called him from the gas station and he was like look I deal with sadness different than you do and I'm sorry you know I'm sorry I didn't comfort you the way you wanted to he was like Taylor but you can't just get angry and take your stuff and leave he said "I I want love like I don't want somebody that's going to walk out on me when they get angry. And who this right here was a statement of it all. He said, Taylor, I want you. I don't need you. (laughs) And there you go. For me, I said, oh my gosh, I don't, what? (laughs) Who are you? Are you from heaven? Hell, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that was when I was like, wow. I, you know, won the self-love and then the anger. I was like, I gotta stop being so damn angry because I wasn't even angry at him. It was just anger of all the years of not being treated how I wanted to, not being held how I wanted to, as far as energetically with my emotions. And, you know, I took that out on somebody else. And again, almost took myself back down a path of unhappiness, disalignment, and just not doing what's true for me because of anger and shame. Beautiful. That self-realization, right? It's it's a tough journey for sure. Very, but but worth it. Very worth it. Yes. Because it feels good to release all that. It feels good to not be bearing that anger anymore. And it feels good to now 
actually have a life that I am proud and happy of because I'm operating from a space of love and not anger, even love for my anger. Like you, that's the thing too, you know, love your anger. Don't hate it. Don't be angry that you're angry. Love that you're angry. That means something's going wrong and your moral compass knows it. Be proud of that. Yeah. Feel it, but don't live there. Like feel the feels, yeah. but don't stay there. Don't live there. Right. And I was living there and that was my biggest failure. I guess you could say is living, doing just that living in my anger instead of just feeling it. There you go. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions should just be two, three forward answer type thing. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> what makes you smile? You and everyone else I come in contact to. <laughs> What was your dream job as a child? The one I'm doing now to become a psychologist. And I now have the awesome extension of coaching. I couldn't even expect it. <laughs> Beautiful. What was your very first job? A lifeguard saving lives from the start, baby. There you go. You started out on that path. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Ooh, optimistic. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Power of choice. What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Ability of foresight. Always have something to laugh at. Can make a joke out of just about anything. Yeah. Um, my openness. Just genuine openness to everything. Like, don't be ashamed. Just share. Maybe we'll, we'll work through it. I ain't got no room <laughs> to judge. <laughs> what is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Connection. Human connection, man. Genuine human connection. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? More people being the change they want to see. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Self-help guide to self-help. Love it. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> what <That> is, awesome. <laughs> you did very well. You rocked it. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My trauma. You know, they're really... There's a lot of triumphs that can come out of the trials of our trauma. And I really think that was a curse that became a blessing when I stopped looking at it as a curse. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it, Taylor? The me that I am now that is always trying to be the best version of me. Well said. I love that. Thank you. I have a little saying where um, they can't take the best of me when I'm always trying to be a better me. Yeah, there you go. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Honestly, most women in the world are a pleasure for me to talk to. For many years, I tapped into my masculine and shut women out. So I'm on a journey of really embodying that feminine energy. And so very open to it all, the perspective of all women's and of all women. And I really can't choose just one person to be very quite honest with you. I feel like I would limit myself so much. <laughs> forever student, forever a teacher. And the things we go through are just so different. And so those kind of questions are always so hard for me <laughs> to choose. <laughs> okay, no problem. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Find something to smile about and love that doesn't require someone else giving it to you. 
that whole smile thing that came from me thinking that like my happiness was someone else's job it fucking wasn't and that's why the job wasn't fulfilled until i did it for myself there you go very powerful lastly taylor if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world your corner of the world your people your tribe what would that last 30 seconds sound like what what would you say what words of wisdom would you impart i would remind them always 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 choose you your mind body and soul will always guide you so always listen into you choose you choose what lights you up choose what fills you up because that is going to be what takes you to all the places that you desire to be to take you to have all the experiences you desire to feel and to call about and manifest anything in this world you could ever desire love it well said great way to end it very sage advice taylor thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey it has been an absolute pleasure i've thoroughly enjoyed every bit of this conversation laughs inspiration wise advice and words and i I just you are a beautiful bright shining light and a true inspiration just keep shining your light onto the world and doing what you do do your thing and uh yeah just amazing i i so appreciate you and appreciate you taking the time to be here and i'm glad we finally got to connect and do this and i'm honored and excited and happy to have you as a member of this incredible beautiful empowerography community thank you so much it was such a gift to be here like literally i feel like a little kid on freaking <laughs> halloween dude like that's my holiday so for me that's like my <laughs> christmas yeah awesome seriously the last like my face feels like it's gonna split open from smiling <laughs> tracking full of tissues like <laughs> well, i love it well thank you so much for being here taylor i appreciate you thank you i appreciate you so much and all that you do because this is serious so awesome you coming into my energy and me being allowed into yours is such a gift and an honor and what you are doing for the world brad i and i'm sure many of those listening and who have already been on the show and that will come into your energy can all together through me in this moment say thank you Uh, Thank you. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Taylor Lachey. She is a holistic leadership coach. Thank you so much, Taylor. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. You as well, my friend. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.